Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hill Pursuit Podcast. This is episode 58. It is May 26, 2022, episode 58 of the podcast. And today we predominantly discuss um, a little bit of a race recap from this most, uh, most recent weekend's um, Olympic distance triathlon. Towards the end of the podcast, we, we chat a little bit about goals and time frame specific goals um, for my upcoming um, 70.3 half Ironman in about two weeks. But in the middle there, we talk a little bit about how heat and humidity play a role in training and performance. We discuss the, the importance um, and the value of having, finding, and training with regularly a good training partner. So we discuss that for a good bit. And then we wrap up the day. We conclude the show um, discussing uh, hunting actually, and how fitness can relate to hunting and vice versa, how hunting relates to fitness. So thanks for listening. This is episode 58. If you'd like to find us on any so- social media, just check us out at Hill Pursuit. Um, you can also check out our website, hillpursuit.com. And we have an email address as well hillpursuit at gmail.com. So please find us on all of those things. Talk with us, like, subscribe to our content. We would love to just continue to push out more content for you. So um, that's what we're doing today in, in today's episode. We hope you like it. This is episode 58. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. Good, bro you good what you got on your hands just do a little pan around the house <laughs> i you saw know. something yeah well cool what's uh it's been a little while since we since we had one of these so tell me fill me in what's going on how's training what are you painting around the house yeah man though just random house painting stuff getting some walls painted cabinets painted nice. you know working on projects um but yeah training's been good um i uh i'm excited to hear about your race so i'll quick get my stuff out of the way um but pretty starting to jack up some conditioning uh, uh it, the other day it was it was hot it's probably our first real hot weekend yeah. and all i had was two one mile repeats it was like run a mile and then like take six minutes off and do another another mile <laughs> and dude it was the slowest time that i've ever ran a mile in my life um it was horrible i got like embarrassed um i'm not even gonna say the time <laughs> um, it was uh it was pathetic and so i ran the first mile like a pair of pair of boots um like when i say boots they're not like work boots um yeah, yeah. uh but like a lower boot and um i was that mad at my time i ran the second out with no shoes on to see if that would uh bring my time down i think it might have cut it like five seconds um and i i always hate to i hate to be the guy that blames stuff on the weather because i felt fine like i didn't feel bad that's the part that frustrated me um so i don't know maybe it was just I have to, I'll probably have the same thing next week. So hopefully, uh, hopefully it was just like a fatigue thing. I don't know. Dude, that's, 
that's like such a um such an important variable that a lot of people you know you only had a mile so it's not wrong to just like push it but a lot of people like tend to neglect or consider um how the heat and humidity is gonna like affect your pacing for things so uh, you know, big marathons or, you know, that, that type of world endurance stuff. It's yeah, like, it's it big a, time. It's a huge variable. It was a mile, like, right. like absolutely like what, between five and eight minutes of work at eight at the most that should it ever be, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Extrapolate that out to like a 20 mile training run though, you know, and, and how, how important it is to pull your pace back big time. If, if you do like wake up and it's like 80% and, and, or sorry, 80 degrees and humid, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's a nice little lesson learned. I mean, it's tiny, it's a tiny moment in time for you. It's not like a 20 mile training day, you know, it's not anything like that, but dude, if you're feeling it on a mile, imagine people who had like big runs or races that day. That's crazy. Dude, that's the thing. I wasn't feeling it. I didn't feel oh, you, bad. You weren't feeling it. No, that's what I'm saying. I didn't feel gotcha. bad. That's that's the part that I'm saying. Like I don't like I'm not one of them guys. Like heat, I'll train the heat. Like it doesn't matter. I'm like it is what it is. The work has to get done. That's the part that frustrated me. Is like physically, I didn't feel it. So I don't I don't know what the culprit was. I can't say it was the heat because I train in the heat all the time. My garage is gotcha, not gotcha, gotcha. So like my garage is an air conditioning, whatever it is, it is. I'll, it doesn't matter what time of day it is. I'll go out and train. And that's the part that's frustrating because I didn't feel, feel bad, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely hard then. Um, <laughs> it's easy to like, at least for me, if it's super hot out, like the other day before the triathlon that I had, <laughs> the day before was like, high 80s and really humid and just like dry no wind ridiculous um like just ridiculous heat no clouds in the sky um and i had like a 30 minute 35 minute like little shakeout, easy run with some pickups and it sucked it was so hot i shouldn't have even run more than 15 minutes it was too hot like day before the race just to kind of like keep the edge a little bit i probably shouldn't have even run like more than 10 or 15 minutes that's how hot it was i ran the whole thing but as i was running i knew that i was i had the potential to do more damage than good after a certain point because i was just like so i was just dripping and drenched with sweat running like easy 10 minute miles like super super light and it just like it just took a lot out of me and, and like thankfully the next day the race wasn't nearly that that humid but um yeah that you know that that can really cause a you know cause a an athlete to make some big mistakes really really fast if you're not being careful um you know for you in a, in a mile a couple mile repeats, you know, you might not notice it, I guess, but, um, yeah, that, that has potential to really ruin somebody's day for sure. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so 
Yeah. You want to talk about the race a little bit? Yeah, man. Yeah. So uh, I haven't, I haven't really talked to you. I, just, I know it sounds yeah, like it yeah. went. So yeah, it did. It did go really well. Um, I don't need to go crazy. I don't, I don't go like crazy in depth, but I'll talk about it a little bit, but anyways, first my, um, more importantly now I say more importantly because it's just next, but I have a, a half iron, um, in less than three weeks now. So two and a half weeks in Maryland, the same one that I did last season. Um, so really, really looking forward to that. Speaking of hot and humid, that race is super smoking hot. Like that run was miserable last year. So that's definitely something to be prepared for. Thankfully I did get out like when it's been really hot aside from that day before the race, when it's been really hot, I've tried to get out in the heat to literally just feel it and be out there for an hour or so. And, and whether it's a jog or some tempo stuff, whatever. So I'm trying to get out there because I know that this race has potential to be like super hot, um, on the run. There's really no shade either. It's not like, it's not on a trail or anything. It's just on the road, an open road. And you're just, you know, just battling the, the sun. But anyway, so that's coming up and I have some really big lofty goals for that race, especially based on how I performed in this recent Olympic. But anyway, so yeah, um, race I just did a little recap, I guess. Um, it was the mighty Moraine man Olympic distance, which is a 1500 meter swim, uh, 25 mile bike and 6.2 mile run. So the swim, um, the swim was tough. I couldn't tell if it was a little long or a little short in terms of the distance, but the race director did announce on the morning of, cause we had horrible weather the night before that the buoys, like the anchors lifted and they floated away. So the course basically they showed up like three hours before the race that morning and the buoys were like in the woods out of the lake. So they had to like reset them as close as they could. So it wasn't a perfectly measured off 1500 meter distance, which again, as a reminder is literally just a hundred meters under one mile. So it's about a mile swim. I couldn't, you know, it was hard to say whether or not it was, shorter or longer. It was just a little off, you know, it was just a little weird, but it's the same for everybody. So who cares? Um, anyway, the weather that day was absolutely perfect. It was supposed to be like torrential downpours and thunder lightning and stuff kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back throughout the week. And thankfully that morning it was perfect. We got so lucky. So that was great. Whatever. Um, we get in the water. There's about 80 males doing the Olympic, which is a pretty big number. Uh, there was only like 20 females. So I don't know why that, that was, but yeah, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of males doing the Olympic. And in my age group, there was like 20. So we had one of the bigger, one of the bigger age groups. Um, and that's really, when I look at like how I progress, like in the sport, I mainly look at how I rank in my age group because, you know, times are times, um, in theory on a perfect day, perfect weather, 
you know, you can measure one performance against another, but, you know, 60 degrees is different than 80 degrees and, you know, um, 80% humidity is different than 60% humidity. So I don't really care about my times necessarily. I just like to see like where I rank in my age group because it's all the same on that, that given day. You know what I mean? Like there's too many factors that can influence your race time that that's a little less important. It's cool if you like set a PR, I guess, but that's not the most important thing. I don't think, but anyway, so for larger races, I like to look at like, is my rank getting a little bit better as I progress and feel like I'm getting, getting a little bit better in the sport, whatever. So, um, got in the water and dude, everyone, this happens every triathlon, every triathlon, everyone's everyone freaks out in the first like 400 meters swimming way too fast everybody all 80 people are right there in a little bubble just freaking out going too hard but it's also like okay i have to swim kind of hard because everyone's freaking out and swimming hard mm-hmm. so if i don't if i don't swim hard i'm going to get swim on top of um you know so the nature of that animal is that you kind of start off a little too hard. Mm -hmm. Um, and I did, but I also kind of understood that ahead of time. I knew that I would just because it's a mass start. It wasn't like three at a time. It was just everybody all at once, three, two, one, go. So there's 80 people just like, you know, flailing around and literally it took about five, 600 meters for me to just kind of gather myself and just relax so, which was really annoying. And in that first five, 600 meters, I'm annoyed that it's happening. I'm resting a little bit more than I wanted to. And I'm, I'm kind of like in my head, I'm like, geez, this is a terrible start to the, the first race of the season. Like I was looking forward to this so much, but then literally 10 seconds later, I'm like, just shut up and race. Like you're five minutes into this freaking two and a half hour event. Just, just go, who cares? Like get over it. So the swim wasn't the best start in the world. Um, but I got over it quickly and I knew that you're not going to like win or lose a race or do your best or worst in a race in the first two to five minutes of a swim. So got over it quick. I fell into my groove and I swam pretty well. Um, I started passing people on the back half of the swim, maybe like the last six to 700 meters Um, and then, um, on the way in, like the last 400, we were swimming with the current. So it was really quick coming in after that last turn, which was kind of cool. So kind of relaxed, but swam faster on the back quarter of it. Um, came out of the water just under 24 minutes, um, right around 23. And that was about technically right. A minute faster than the last time I swam an Olympic, but again, that doesn't really matter to me a whole lot. I knew that I could have swam better. And that's, what's more important, you know, in my mind is I could have swam better, but I still swam decent. So whatever, um, into transition two or transition one, I spent a little bit too long there, um, because I was messing with my bike computer and this was the first time I was getting my wetsuit off after swimming in it. So 
probably spent about a minute to 90 seconds too long in transition one, but first race of the year, chalk it up to experience and that's fine. Um, got situated, didn't feel rushed or anything. Um, headed out on the bike and the bike was just like, the bike was just gorgeous. Like I ride that course pretty regularly, at least once a week. So I was very familiar with it. I knew when to push, when not to push, when to relax, when to hop an arrow. So super comfortable with the bike. I don't think anybody passed me on the bike. Um, I was passing people on the bike almost, you know, every, like a lot of people who finished in front of me on the swim, I passed. Um, I don't, I literally don't think a single person passed me on the bike. Um, but that's probably one of my stronger, um, legs. The bike was a little bit short. It was about a mile short, uh, the course. So it was like 24 miles, but just a small local triathlon. So not a big deal. Again, same course for everybody. So that bike took me about an hour and nine minutes, got into transition two. Um, well for the bike also, I looked after the fact that my average power on the bike was like 210 Watts. My normalized was like 255. Um, so I was really pleased with that, uh, because my, my FTP is only like 250. I mean, it might be higher uh, clearly, but my functional threshold power is really only like 250. So maybe not even. So, um, I think I'm definitely improving on the bike. And I think that that race was a, a good indicator. So um, my main thing coming off of last season, I'm sure you remember it because I've said this a hundred times, but was like preserving energy on the bike so that I could feel like I'm racing the run, not just like surviving the run. I want to race it so that I can like, try to make up time and sprint and pass people, you know, feel like I'm racing at the end of the triathlon. Thankfully I had that feeling with this one, but this one was also short enough that I literally told myself, I'm just going to rip it. And if I fail, then it's just a learning moment. And then I'll learn to like pull the bike back for these more important races. I didn't fail. Like I was, I got onto the run and I realized quickly on the run that, um, um, I probably drank a little bit too much right before getting off the bike. So I had a little bit of a side stitch for like three miles actually. So about half the run and I was pulling back and like conserving my effort because I wanted to race as much of the run as I could. So I'm not even looking at my watch. I had it on because you just wear it, but I wasn't even looking at it. I get halfway through the run and I was, mind you, I was like pulling back a little bit. I get halfway through the run and I realized that I was running like eight twenties. And, you know, after all that, you know, that was, that's really good for me. Really good after everything else. And I was pulling back. So I looked at my watch and I'm, I'm averaging like eight twenties. And there was a potential that if I ran like a 23 minute 5k on the back, which is a little bit quicker than 820, obviously, but if I ran a quick 5k, I could break two and a half hours. And that never even occurred to me because last year I ran, I, I raced like 245. 
So I was like, you know, we'll just see where, you know, whatever happens, happens again, not super concerned about the time, but then back half of the 10 K I'm like, all right, if I can pick this up now, maybe I can break two thirty. So I start chipping away at it a little bit and I'm getting closer and I'm getting closer and I'm realizing in the last mile, I probably would have had to run like a 650 or a seven. Like I would have had to take a decent chunk out in the last mile. And I realized that it probably wasn't going to happen, but I ended up averaging like 813 or 814 overall. So I did chip away and like, I felt like I raced the run and it felt, it felt really, really good. And I know I had a little bit more because of the cramp in the first like three miles. So, um, I actually feel like I have the potential to smoke these half irons coming up because, um, I moderated my output on the bike, maybe just be a little bit more mindful of what I'm taking in right before I'm getting off the bike, maybe like the last 10 miles. Um, and then, um, pace myself on the run and, and get to the point where I feel like I can race the back half of the half iron or the half, half marathon. And I feel really positive coming off that race based on how it went, honestly. So, um, yeah, I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling real, like I have a lot of fitness going on right now. I'm hoping to shed some, well, probably not yet, but I'm gonna, you know, a couple more weeks of build, shed some of this fatigue and then just destroy this half iron. Honestly, I feel like I can. So I came out of the race feeling really positive. Yeah. Good. Good. It sounds like it was like a, yeah, that's awesome. It sounds like it was a big, like a lot, of, like some of the experience is starting to pay off now, obviously. Absolutely. Like the training, obviously, you know, you put in the effort, but it seems like the experience of like, just like, you know, like you said the, uh, like when to pace yourself and all that it sounds like that's starting to come full circle a little bit. Yeah. It's pretty sweet to, you know, it's pretty sweet to have felt it actually like in real time too. literally yeah. running. And I'm saying to myself, I can't even believe I'm running this fast after putting out 210 for 24 miles, 210 Watts for 24 miles. I honestly thought I would just like bonk and mm -hmm. redline, but I managed to still put together a really good run. Um, not just for me. I think that's a good, like my 10 K was like 51 minutes. I think that's a pretty good 10 K pretty much for anybody, unless you're a freak. Um, yeah. I mean, there are some freaks down around 40 minutes, of course, that like those people exist for sure. But, um, I think my 10 K was, I was really pleased with my 10 K. Um, yeah, so, like it's like it's 10 K after all that. Yeah. That's like, right I, after, right. Not an open 10 K. Like I could probably run 46 ish or whatever in an open 10 K, but yeah, I think I ran an open 10 K one time. I was, I think my time was either 44, between it was like 44 to 46 yeah. minutes, I remember. And uh, I didn't train for it. I was just like, got out of wrestling season. Yeah. And I was hop in this thing. And that's what I was trying to think. Like after all that, yeah, that's, that's legit. That's good. Yeah. I, I mean, I have some pretty big goals going into the 70.3 now and, I hadn't actually put goals on paper or in writing 
before um before yesterday actually i went out on a ride with a friend um again back out on that race course because that's just it's like 15 minutes from my house it's just a good place to meet up with people and ride it's got a really good terrain bunch of hills and stuff so um we like to get out there when we can like once a week so we're out there and mind you this guy got third overall in that race and expected to win the race but based on who shows up right so you, you never know and some studs um some studs showed up and he ended up getting third overall by like four or five minutes but um so whenever i train with him i always know that i'm gonna work hard um so that's, that's also pretty awesome. Um, but we're talking and I'm, you know, we're talking about our goals and he's got some crazy goals that I, I can't even like calculate in my brain because he's a freak. Like I ran, I, I raced two thirty. his, his finishing time was like two Oh three. It was just like equal parts better and faster in ev- all three disciplines plus transitions. So it's just, skill level experience fitness equal parts better in every aspect and it's really cool to just like be around people like that and you know try to try to just grab whatever you can from those people you know i mean that's it's the same thing like you know we talk about going to these conferences and clinics right you meet people you network you try to learn from other people you you see what's good you see what's not good that's how i feel when i train with with these people it's just um such love, a great experience I love, I love training with people that are stronger and more fit than i am yeah, yeah. or at the very least like can push you really hard yeah oh well yeah i mean yeah. i think of the time when when you were down you know visiting yeah because yeah, let's let's be real i'm not stronger than you and i'm probably not faster than you but i think we both pushed each other pretty well you know yeah. that that's in itself is also really important too i think Right. But I mean, you put me, we, you go out and run like a couple miles. I mean, I'm probably looking at the back of your shoes. So, you know what I mean? Like after yeah. sort of pushing me, like, you know, it's always, yeah. like, um, have someone there to, to do that for sure. Yeah. That's, Absolutely. that's yeah. I mean, that's hard. It's hard to find, you know, especially, you know, the more in the, into the fitness game you get or your discipline, the better you get. It's like, I'm not saying there's not, not, I hate to say this, but I'm not trying to say there's not people out there better than you, but you know, it's hard to find someone like if you're truly geared towards that, it's not like you're just going to walk to the local gym and find someone right. that is as dedicated and zoned in as you want to be or more right. zoned in, you know? Yeah. And if you do like see that person, it's, it's not even a guarantee that, they're even willing to train with you, you know? So if you actually find something that works and you, you create a relationship, friendship, training, whatever, that you can actually work together from time to time, right? Once a week, once every two weeks, whatever, and push one another, man, that's gold. And I think you got to take advantage of those, those times that you can, um, that you can train together because, um, like for example, yesterday, I only had like an hour and 15 bike planned. We rode for two hours. We rode hard. And then we ran for 20 minutes right off the bike, like 740 pace. So 
we worked out really hard, you know, and I, I didn't have that necessarily planned, but I deviated because, you know, in my mind, I'm probably only going to get one training session with him per week. He's there and he, he can push me without even really trying to push me because he's so good. Uh-huh. So I'm taking advantage of this and we both pushed each other and we had a great workout. So yeah, dude, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, in the like I'm pretty new in it. Uh, like I have some wrestling background, but like everyone that I go against has something different that they're pushing me in. Like I might be decent in one area, but they're better than me here. So I got to like keep, I'm working, I'm working there. And then I go against someone else and you know, that last person that I went against in that last bout may not have been as good here, but this person's better there and I'm weak here. So it's like constantly like, you know, it's like filling in your holes, yeah. you know, and that's, that's, that's the awesome part, especially if you can find like a partner that if you have a week, if you're weak in something that, Hey, they might be able to push you in that realm too. And like, dude, I always like, I, I love shooting bow with people that are, good or better than me in archery too man like i always think of that like we always used to shoot growing up and um and like my dad like he i always take it to him like he he can freaking shoot his arm off with a bow and um like we'd stretch it out and he'd like just be like plugging holes at like 60 yards like we would like stretch it out just just to like you know we would stretch it out just to just you know test ourselves out further yeah. and like I wouldn't even be on target sometimes. And, but then I would like, but then I'll get, you know, the competitive part comes out and you stay there until you're like actually hitting target again. And then it's like the same thing. You just keep growing. And that's dude, if you can find, I I think anyone like, like find someone that can push you somewhere where you're, you're not as good, you know, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, anyway, we'll wrap up here. The only last thing I'm going to say is I'm going to, I'm going to put it on paper because I want to see if it's possible, but I was talking with my friend and I'm thinking about like realistic times. Now that I've pushed myself really hard in this Olympic distance, I'm looking at what's realistic for the next, the next level of the the 70.3 now that I know how I felt. So um, in my mind, you know, I, I swam at like a 44 minute 1.2 mile last season. So I'm looking to drop that to 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, my bike last season was about 250. Um, and I did over bike for my fitness level last year, but I also think my fitness level on the bike is significantly greater. So I think I can ride a 245. That's five minutes on both the swim and the bike. And then this is the big one that I, I think is the wild card, but I might've gotten, a little glimpse after the race as to what I can actually do on the run because I overbiked last year. I ran like a, an eleven fifteen pace or something silly. And it was not a good half marathon for me. It was like two twenty five or something ridiculous. If I ran an open half marathon, I'd be under an hour and 50 minutes. You know what I mean? Like I, I can run fast, but I overbiked. So if I don't overbike like I didn't just recently, I think I have the potential to, to run under a two hour. I know that's a big time cutoff from last year, but again, I made a mistake last year. So I think I can run under a two hour half marathon and be right around five and a half hours for the 70.3, even though I raced a 614 last year. 
So this, mm-hmm. this is a huge jump down, but I'm talking about what's realistic in terms of where my fitness is now. And again, like you said, you know, I'm learning a lot from mistakes I've made and experiences now. And I'm just going to put the question out there, you know, is 530 possible year two, essentially year two, you know, I think I can, it seems like it's reasonable in my head and based on how I just performed. So, you know, two and a half weeks out, now's the time to kind of create those goals and I'm, I'm not pulling them out of thin air. So I'm confident in saying, look, I actually have evidence and reason and rationale for why I'm coming up with these goals. So, um, I think five thirty is reasonable. Um, if I give myself a little wiggle room with maybe missing those numbers a little bit and maybe transitions a little longer, 535, but somewhere in the five thirties, I think is doable. And that's a huge chunk of time from last season, but I just, I think I've learned a lot and I've gotten a lot better. So, um, that's my goal is to have my first two numbers start with a five and a three, five thirty something is my goal. You know, check um, out, not to cut you off, but we're kind of talking about this. Have you, have you ever heard of Cam Haynes, Cameron Haynes? I was going to mention that I listened to a different podcast and he was just a guest on it. Yeah. I, I, I follow him a lot. I listen to his stuff. I, I watch him on um, Instagram all the time. Yeah, so he's, he's an archery hunter. Like that's like, that's Big his time. thing. Yeah. That, that's like what he forged himself off of. I just, uh, while I was painting, he's on the, he's on like two Jocko podcasts. Oh, nice. Uh, two casts ago. Um, and he came out with a book called Endure. Um, Bro, I want to read that. Um, New York yeah. Times bestseller. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, did it make it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think they were actually. Talk- I think they were talking about that on the podcast. Like, oh, is it going to make it? And he's like, yeah, oh. made it. So yeah, dude. Um, I was, I was, I was hoping you heard of him, but he, he's a monster, man. He's. Oh yeah. He's like, uh, and we'll, we'll we'll wrap it up. But I love his like philosophy. It's like he always chalked it up to like he he wasn't talented. He could just work hard. And, uh, that's, um, that's like what his thing was. Like he, he doesn't, he doesn't miss training. He just gets after it. So yeah, I was, we got to, maybe we'll do, uh, yeah, I was just going to say that, uh, one of the podcasts I listen to guy I follow all the time is bear performance, nutrition, Nick bear, um, the BPN, uh, guy, he's the kid that I went to college with and his company blew up and I love all this stuff and follow him and, yeah, he blew up too. So, um, yeah, he just had campaigns on and I haven't finished it, but I started listening to it. Um, so I'll send that to you also, but yeah, you said you, you listened to him on one or two Jockos. It was one Jocko. It was like two of Jockos two like two casts ago that Jocko did. Yeah. It was just on one of those, but yeah, he's a, he's a monster. Yeah. Yeah. He's sick. I mean, he talks about, at least from the one I just listened to or listening to, he talks about, um, you know, how he, he said to himself when he was kind of just starting bow hunting, like, how do I get better at this? And he realized that the more fit he was, the better he was at it. So then he started doing all these ultra endurance races and runs and he runs a hundred miles sometimes. And, you know, he, he hikes in 20, 30 some miles to be able to hunt. And, and, you know, it's really neat stuff. I mean, speaking to the, the 
the importance of your health and your fitness as it relates to maybe what some, someone might not traditionally think is health fitness, like hunting, right? He takes it as, look, if I'm more fit, I'm going to be much better at doing this. Well, yeah, that's, and that's like the common, like, I think it's a misconception with hunters. And right. get it. You know, it's just, you know, they sit around, they drink beer and, you know, it's just a vacation right. and, uh, but he obviously takes it to the level that, you know, that's not the case. Right. But, um, yeah, yeah. The story for another day. Yeah. All right, cool. That was a good one. Um, this was episode 58? Yeah. 58. Awesome. Find all of our stuff on socials, and uh, we'll post that here in the video, and then we will see you guys next time. Thanks for listening.